1: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What a move, Romy goes up and soars for the slam as he put Vukovic on his back. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O Pod. You can call into the show 405 362 7128. On today's show, we're gonna dive into that Orlando magic game from tonight. Isaiah Roby has a massive coming out party. Just call us Locked On Isaiah Roby. Darius Baisley has a bad night and another tango with the media. Shea rises up to the occasion yet again. And Oklahoma City remains perfect on the year for their game outcomes. This is Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. We are going to start this game recap the way we always do, and that's with the game overview. This was the second night of a back-to-back. Al Horford was out due to rest. George Hill was out due to neck spasms. Ty Jerome, of course, still out nursing that ankle injury. Oklahoma City coming into this game was 10-2 and at home in Oklahoma City since the move against Orlando. Oklahoma City was also on a five-game winning streak against Orlando with the average margin of victory being eight points. But with Hill out and with Horford out, the Oklahoma City starters had to change, of course. And Mark Dignott rolls with Shea, Dort, Justin Jackson, Darius Baisley, and Isaiah Roby. With this model, he was able to keep the second unit intact. And specifically, with the start of Isaiah Roby, you were able to keep some scoring on the bench with Mike Muscala. I thought it was a good move at the time. It proved to be a good move with Isaiah Roby having a huge, huge night. But before the game got started, Darius Baisley once again had a weird interaction with the media. And look, these guys can do whatever they want to. They can answer questions however they want to, just as long as they show up. The only thing I'd ever have a problem with with a player is if they just simply would just refuse to talk to the media the way that Kyrie Irving did. If you show up, you can say whatever you want to say. And Darius Baisley was asked a question about Stephen Adams, and this is how it went. Hey, Darius, I I know I'm a couple days early for for this question, but with the Pelicans coming into town later this week, I was just wondering what you were thinking, looking ahead to the Stephen Adams matchup and what it'll be like to see him again. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Tonight we play the Orlando Magic, and tonight my focus will only be on the Orlando Magic.
1: So, so no, no thoughts yet on, were you laughing
0: because thinking about Steven or just? Uh... I was laughing because I thought you was going to ask me something about the Orlando Magic, but you asked me about a game that's, uh, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't even know who we who we have next. All I know is we play the Magic tonight. But you asked me about the Pelicans, and I don't I don't have any thoughts about the Pelicans because my mind is focused on the Magic. That's why I laughed. I thought it was a silly question. Okay, thanks. This, of course, is on the heels of his interaction in the training camp period uh, to the question about how did you find out about all the traits. And this question was very, very different than that one. And I still defended that question. I think that that's a really good question. But I think that this question is even better. I mean, this question is truly so Joe can do his job. And there is an off day tomorrow, so there's no media availability. Therefore, Joe's wanting to write a story, I'm sure, for the Oklahoman about the atmosphere surrounding Stephen Adams' return. And to do that, you want quotes from players. You want quotes from coaches. And to do that, you have to ask those players and those coaches in these Zoom interviews. And we never know. Who's going to show up to these Zoom interviews? And and you can say to save it for after the game, which is whenever Joe got answers from this question from Mark Dagnott and from Shea Gilders-Alexander and Mike Muscala, and he got these answers from those players post-game, but we didn't talk to Darius Baisley post-game, so I don't begrudge him for bringing it up before the game because that was the only chance he would have to talk to Darius Baisley leading into that Pelicans game. If this was a normal environment, a normal media scrum type thing, He could ask Darius Baisley himself after the game, pull him to the side and say, hey, look, would you mind being a part of the story? I want to get your feelings on Steven Adams. To where it's truly not even a public forum or a public discussion about this story he's trying to write, but this this is where he has to go to do his job. And I found it pretty distasteful what Baisley did, but if that's the way he wants to operate, then that's totally fine. But it was interesting that... He's already ran into another situation with the media. I'm not sure what's going on there with Darius Baisley. And then on the floor tonight, he didn't have a good game. We can talk about the game starting with Darius Baisley, and then we'll move into, of course, the big story of Isaiah Roby. Baisley did not show up tonight. He played 28 minutes. He got benched with like two minutes to go in a 10-point game for Alexey Pukoshevsky, who also does not play very well, but is a rookie. Uh, Baisley went three for 14 from the floor 0 for four from beyond the arc and scored six points. And we talked in the pregame and uh, the preview episode about how this was going to be Baisley's big time to shine. Right. This is going to be his first opportunity as the, as the number two option on the team. This was his first time being the number two score, the number two scoring option. And Shea gets double teamed all game, which should have opened up ways for Baisley to get involved. And he goes over four from beyond the arc and three for 14 from the floor. Bad games are going to happen. This was a bad game. It's not an indictment on him as a player. It's not an indictment on his future with the organization. But it was a simple fact that he failed the first big test, right? This is the first time that Baisley was going to get tested. This is the first time he doesn't have veterans like Al Horford or George Hill propping him up or or Chris Paul and Gallinari propping him up. This is the first time that the scoring was on him and Shea. And Shea showed up and Baisley didn't. And that's going to happen. You're going to have these off nights. But it's something to follow throughout this season and throughout his career, seeing what he can end up being. I still think personally that he's a building block of this team. I still think that personally he is going to be a part of the core. To what extent, we still don't know. And that's why tonight's game and that's why games like tonight are so significant because we're still trying to figure out to what extent he is a part of this core. I think he's a part of it for sure. Is he a starter? Is he a heck of a bench player? What is he? What kind of contributor will he be? Because I do think that he's earned the right to be put into that contributor category, but there are levels to that category. You can be a contributing starter, you could be a sixth man, you could be a rotational piece. You could be anything in that realm and tonight was was a starting point for him to define what that role is eventually going to be and this whole in this entire season will be that trial period for him. This entire season will be a feeling out process and he did not perform well in his first test, but it's the first of many. This is game number three. He's going to get more and more opportunity. He's going to have more and more games where he's playing in the second night of back-to-back and now Horford's not playing. After March, George Hill is not going to be here. He's going to elevate himself up the pecking order game by game. And while he didn't perform well in this first test, it's not to say he will never perform well, but tonight he just did not have it. I will say as a, as a big boost for him, is his defense because even as he's going 0 for 4 from beyond the arc and he missed some open looks, even as, he, as he's going 3 for 14 from the floor, he was still really good defensively. He got the two blocks, so I mean, he has the stats, but even beyond the stats, he was always in position, he was always hustling, he was always trying hard. And for a young player to stay locked in on that end of the floor, whenever you're not having the night you want to on the offensive end is extremely difficult in fact it's an, it's difficult for any level of player at, at any age you know at any veteranship it's hard for them to do that so Baisley already having that mindset is really really good and a tip of the cap to him and you can just tell in these moments how badly he wants to be great defensively he has said as much he has said that he wants to be somebody who opponents feel defensively he has said that he wants to Be the defender that goes and gets the number one option. And if he becomes that kind of defender where he can defend your number one option, and you also have Lou Dort who can take away James Harden, you're a heck of a defensive team. He wants that kind of responsibility defensively, and he wants to earn that with his play on the floor. And it's not just talk with him. He truly plays hard on the defensive end every single night. And it was true again in this game. Four defensive rebounds, uh, the two blocks, and he was always moving his feet well. He did not foul in this game, literally zero personal fouls while he's defending much bigger bodies than him, and at times is the center on the floor, which is incredibly hard for his frame to be the center on the floor in this specific matchup against Orlando's size and, and length. So even while he did not have a good offensive game, I still enjoyed the fact that he stayed locked in. He stayed within himself, and he continued to battle on the defensive end and continued to look for the right play and the right shot on the offensive end. He didn't force anything offensively, and he just played his game defensively. That was really impressive stuff from Darius Baisley, and we'll see what that can turn into throughout the rest of the year. I want to tell you right now what's very impressive to me is betonline.ag. It was so easy to sign up for an account, and it's so easy to navigate their website and figure out the games I want to bet on. College football is in the midst of their bowl season. You saw Oklahoma State get a big win today. The Sooners play on Wednesday. Go over there to betonline.ag and bet on some college football, college hoops, the NBA, or the NFL, which is turning into its postseason in a couple of weeks. This is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code, On. Get 50% welcome bonus whenever you sign up at betonline.ag. And Shea has been phenomenal this season. We'll talk about him coming up, and you should go get yourself some future odds on Shea to win Most Improved Player. He was the favorite coming into the year, and he should still be the favorite a week into the season. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use our code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportbook experts.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Betting on the NBA does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to locked on bets, it's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert. Lee Sterling get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers subscribe to Locked on bets podcast brought to you by better wherever you get your podcast from and go make some money at locked on bets. They're great. They've already made me some money uh, with their tips and tricks every single day. So go check them out. Bet. Online.ag is where you go to bet, and Locked On Bets is where you go to learn how to bet and what to bet on. This is Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, and we have buried the lead for too long. Isaiah Roby, how about it? As president of the Isaiah Roby fan club and somebody who had Isaiah Roby making the team in each and every roster projection, somebody who has defended Isaiah Roby each and every time, somebody who called Isaiah Roby a fun little player throughout the tank, as somebody who has defended Roby through a bad preseason, I am so happy that we had this night from Isaiah Roby. You heard it in the intro. I had to put Isaiah Roby's dunk in the intro where he just breaks Vucevic's ankles and takes it to the rim. Isaiah Roby in his first career start not only scores his first career points, but scores 19 points, gets two blocks, gets a steal, only fouls four times. We'll talk about that in a second. Seven rebounds, shoots 50% from beyond the arc, one for two, and 75% from the floor. Isaiah Roby was awesome in this game. He was simply awesome. And he plays exactly the right way. He plays the exact brand of basketball Oklahoma City wants because he's able to get a rebound and then immediately push the ball up the floor. And that's exactly the versatility that Oklahoma City wants. It was so fun to watch Isaiah Robey. And this these are the moments that I was talking about with this team. This roster is constructed in a way that is, yes, rebuilding, that, yes, is quote-unquote tanking, but... Even in a 118-107 loss to the Magic, we have so much to talk about. And and I didn't say the score into the second segment because it doesn't matter. This game was fun to watch from start to finish. There are fun storylines every single night. There are things to watch for every single night. This team is by far and away the best constructed rebuilding team ever. Because it's not a bore to watch them the way it's just atrocious to watch the Bulls right now. It's atrocious to watch the Knicks right now. It's atrocious to watch these teams. And we can go on and on. The process Sixers were garbage and you just couldn't even tolerate watching them. But this team is going to get to the same point of having a high draft pick while making fun memories along the way. And that's what it's all about, folks. No, but seriously, Isaiah Roby had a really good game, and I was so happy for him. He's a good guy. He works hard, all that good stuff. But specifically in this game, I was so impressed with his defensive ability because Isaiah Roby gets not only thrusted into the starting lineup, he's going opposite of an all-star, an all-star center, and Isaiah Roby at 6'8", 230. Had to go up against Vucevic, an All-Star center who did put up 28 points in this game. But how can you? I mean, how can you blame a 6'8" Roby for letting up, you know, leverage and letting up points to a 6'11" uh, Nikola Vucevic, who is literally an All-Star in this league. I don't blame Roby, and and even those fouls, there was a charge foul, in, you know, a blocking foul in there. I should say they were not all shooting fouls. And even though the Magic scored over him a lot of the time. He was in the right position. He was making the right play, and the the, the magic were just bigger than him. The magic were just able to, to, to follow through and finish, and that's what it was about tonight. And you can't blame Roby as a small five for getting scored over, but the fact that he stayed in position, stayed in front, didn't foul much. Again, only four fouls at 6'8", as a center, is impressive. The rebounds were awesome. Once again, scrapping on the boards. He saved so many possessions with those four offensive rebounds. Imagine where this team was at 107 points where they went through many, many spells of just cold streaks on offense. Saving possessions with his offensive rebounding was a big deal in this game. But what's most important is the way that he got to those points. It was efficient. He picked his spots well. And once again, positioning, positioning, positioning. Not only did he have good positioning on defense, look at the way he scored down low on the block. He was sealing off Vucevic, who's a taller, bigger defender than him and a taller, bigger person than him. He seals him off and is able to kiss it off the glass for multiple layups. And then, of course, he has the amazing one where he just crosses over Vucevic and jab steps his way to the rim and just soars high for a dunk. But still, he was able to position himself very well down low against a bigger and better defender than he is an offensive player. And that IQ, that brilliance mixed with the athleticism he has is why he once had the largest second-round contract in NBA history from the Dallas Mavericks. It's why the Thunder allowed him to rehab while they went to the bubble. It's why the Thunder kept him around on this team this year. He has potential. Now, he doesn't have starter potential. He doesn't have even key contributor potential. But he has role-player potential. And that's part of what this season is. It, it, part of what the season is is leaving no stone unturned and seeing where you can find some value. You're finding some value with Mike Muscala, who puts up 14 points in this game. He's looking like a piece that you can get a second-round pick for from a team. And that's an asset. Second-round picks are assets. If you can get a future second-round pick, you can parlay that into a sweetener for a bigger trade down the road. You don't have to just actually use that pick in the draft. So we're seeing the Thunder already do that. And they might have something with Roby. Now, who knows? It's just one game. And he'll need to find ways to get minutes whenever Hill and Horford are playing, which he had not done up until this point. But could Isaiah Roby be a nice role player down the road? That's part of the fun of the season, to follow that storyline all throughout the way. What, what is true, though, I think, is my prediction of him being a tank commander. And if you remember that conversation we had before the year in the season preview, I do not view that phrase the same way that other people do. Other people think that, that is such a bad player that they're going to lose you games. I think of tank commander in my brain as somebody who is a fun player and plays extremely well on a tanking team. But once that team gets good, obviously there's no room for them anymore. I still think that that's what Roby is. He's a fun little player on a rebuilding team for the next year or two. But if somehow he can constantly put strings together like this game, maybe that does elevate him to a reliable bench piece on a contending team. Who knows? That's the fun of this game from Roby and the fun of this season for Oklahoma City. It was a lot of fun on Twitter whenever Isaiah Roby was just having the game of his life against the Orlando Magic tonight. So that's why you got to follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. This is Locked on Isaiah Roby, a.k.a. Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about Isaiah Roby and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And while all of you told me to give up on Roby, shout out at all things Thunder. While all of you told me to give up on Isaiah Roby, I stood firm on Isaiah Roby Island. I did not fall for the Kendrick Williams trap. Everyone's saying that Kendrick Williams is exactly what I wanted Roby to be. I didn't fall for it and Isaiah Roby paid dividends tonight. But what I love about both their games, Roby and, and Williams, they hustle so much and and they and they truly get it. They truly get the energy plays, which the Thunder need. They needed more energy tonight. They were atrocious defensively. They got beat off the dribble so much that they of course could not defend the paint because they didn't have a center. But they just lacked energy and intensity. And the players talked about that after the game. And Isaiah Roby making those hustle plays, making those possession saving plays, that brings you energy and that injects a spark into you. And you saw that tonight. You saw Williams do the same thing. That matters. I mean, that's not just the throwaway line that like these guys hustle. That stuff truly adds up in the margins, it can even help you win some games. Coming up, we're going to talk about what the Magic did to find their success. We're going to talk about more big storylines from this contest, including why tonight's game against Orlando was the perfect outcome for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I do want to tell you about our good friends over at BuiltGo.com. No matter if it's a physical or mental wall, break through with Go every single day. Built Go is an easy to take one and a half ounce package to put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can put it in your golf bag to power through the back of nine. You can even just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It is five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural. So it's better for your body. It is like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors. They have peanut butter, honey, Uh, chocolate coconut chocolate mint I love the peanut butter honey flavor so go check them out builtgo.com today builtgo combines energy gel with collagen protein collagen protein promotes soft tissue hair and skin health this stuff literally makes you look better including that joint health Do not forget the joint health this stuff literally makes you look better and it keeps you going throughout the day Listen, we had a back-to-back. The Thunder played Monday and Tuesday. That means it's a late night recording sessions to get these podcasts out for you. I had to use Built Go to power through tonight because I was feeling it on the second night of a back-to-back as we record this podcast currently at 1120 at night. And I use Built Go to get me through it. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use our promo code LOCKED. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. BuiltGo.com. Let's go.
1: Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter. At Rylan Styles. When this podcast is over, go check out Hollinger and Duncan. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts by listening to Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Part of the Locked Podcast Network, it's NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger. He's worked in the front office before, folks. Joins Dunked On Podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan wherever you get your podcast from. It's a great listen. Go check them out. Hollinger and Duncan, wherever you get your podcast from, listen to them whenever this one is over. So I want to talk right now real quick about what the Magic did, X's and O's wise. I think that they just completely flustered the bench unit with their with their length and and it carried over to include the starters as well. That, you know, this offense is predicated on ball movement and it's all about swinging the ball around, finding the open man and, and keeping the ball moving and playing and playing this up-tempo pace and space kind of game. And the magic are just too lengthy to do that. And you saw Shea have five turnovers tonight. Justin Jackson had four turnovers tonight. Him, Diallo had four turnovers tonight. Taylor Maladon had two turnovers tonight. You saw the magic create 20 turnovers by Oklahoma city. And I think it's because of just ball movement leads to more turnovers and when you play a defensive team like the Magic, that's going to happen to you. But again, X's and O's don't matter this year. But I just want to talk about that. That That's what I think led to the more turnovers is just the length of this Magic team. Now, this game was the perfect outcome for Oklahoma City. It just was. And this season has started out perfectly for Oklahoma City. Number one for this game, Pokoshevsky gets his first NBA basket. Congratulations. That's a big deal for him. I'm glad that he saw one go down tonight. Also, it's clear to me that Poku's never going to lose confidence. He just never will lose confidence, and I love that about him. He's always going to fire the shot away. He's always going to think he's going to make the next shot, and I think that's a good mentality to have. He has a good approach to the game, and eventually, you're going to see him catch fire. I mean, it's not going to be long before one of these games you have a Poku game. You have what Isaiah Roby had tonight. You just have it. You just are feeling it in this game, and Poku's game is going to come for him sooner rather than later. He even had a three that went down, but it was wiped away, of course, by the Teo Maldon charge. So, it's coming together for Poku, and he literally just turned 19, so we can kind of relax on Poku a little bit. I don't want to make any sweeping judgments on him being good or bad. It's kind of overreactionary to do that. It's kind of just the way that this microwave society is. You want the instant gratification. You're not going to get that from Poku right now. You're, you're not going to get to feel good from Poku right now. Maybe one or two games this year where you get the holy cow, but you've got to take the flashes as they come. He had some amazing passes. He showed you why people call him a seven-foot guard. He dropped four dimes in this one, and he could have had even more if guys would have knocked down their shots. He was amazing, electric in the passing game, and the scoring will come eventually. I've been impressed with the way that he battles for rebounds, even at his frame, and of course the defense is just not there. He's just too small to be a good defender right now, but Laterally speaking, you know, lateral quickness and and just his ability to keep up and utilize his length and his his strides, he does that very well. He's just not a very good defender, even though he can stay in front. So Poku got his first career basket. That was great. Uh, He still did some other things very well, again, like the passing. And it's just too early to say if this was a good or bad pick. You just got to live with it this year. You've just got to—basically, you've just got to, I think, eat this year. Whatever happens, happens, good or bad whatever happens happens this is not the year for evaluation this is the year for adaptation with Poku adapting to American culture, adapting to the NBA, adapting to being a professional basketball player at a high level and not at a YMCA doing all those things that's what this year's about for him it's about his approach it's about all that stuff so this game had the perfect outcome and this season has really you look at game one. Game one, you got your feel good. You got your, okay, basketball's back. Oh, my God, Shay just hit a game winner. Wow. Are we actually too good to tank in Oklahoma City? You got all of that in game one. Game two, you got to puff your chest out, right? You got to look around the Western Conference and say, oh, you know what? Even though we're still rebuilding, we're so competent that we're able to keep it close. It's a one-point game with a top four seed in the Western Conference. How about that? Oh, look at Lou Dort. He just shut down Donovan Mitchell again. You're able to puff your chest out a little bit. And then in game three, it was competitive the entire way. It was really a five-point game this entire time. And the magic pulled away a little bit late in this game. But you kept it close. You kept it competitive. You kept it fun. You kept it watchable. You were able to enjoy every second of this contest. And by the way, you lost the game. So it improves your tanking and it improves your draft position. Perfect outcomes so far for Oklahoma City, you're right where you want to be right now at one and two. And you know what? You're even good in the sense of if you want to look at it game by game, take take the record one and two. That's where you want to be. Now take it game by game. So what I mean by that is one and two is the record you wanted when you look at this stretch, but you got there in the perfect way as well because all you did was beat the Hornets. And this team is going to win 20 games, 25 games. And winning those games against the Hornets are, are good because you want to lose against the Jazz. And you even want to lose against the Magic. Two teams that are going to be playoff teams in their respective conferences. The the, the the Jazz are going to be a top four seed in the Western Conference. These games are the ones you absolutely want to lose. It's the opposite of a winning team. You want to make sure you take care of business as a winning team against the bad teams. Because if you don't, you need to steal a win from a really good team, a team better than you. It's the opposite for tanking teams. If you stole a win against the Jazz and you're trying to tank, then at some point you need to lose against a team like the Knicks, who you're far better better than. And it becomes harder and harder and harder to make up that ground. The same thing is true, again, vice versa, for winning teams. So to get to one and two by only beating the Hornets and by losing to the two playoff teams you faced is the perfect outcome. It's It's simply perfect. I have enjoyed every single second of this season, let's get to the MVP of the game. MVP,
1: MVP, MVP. He's MVP right now. You the real
0: MVP. MVP, MVP, MVP. Isaiah Roby is the MVP of this game for sure. He is the MVP because, frankly, I don't know when we're ever going to get to give Isaiah Roby the MVP honors. Uh, but we've talked about Isaiah Roby enough right now. If you follow me on Twitter, I have spent this entire day talking about Isaiah Roby. And if you listen to this podcast, we spent the entire second segment talking about Isaiah Roby. So I want to talk right now about Shea, who does not win MVP. Isaiah Roby does, but you've already heard about that. With Shea, he goes three for three. Each and every challenge he's stepped up to. Each and every time you needed him to come through, he does. And he has embraced this lead point guard role. He gets you seven more assists tonight. He gets you seven more rebounds tonight. And he pours in 23 points. And he lives up to that challenge. He was so efficient in this game. He goes eight for 10. And one of those misses was not his fault. One of those misses was simply, okay, the shot clock is, is winding down. We have literally no time left. i got to jack up a shot. It doesn't go in. So really, in my opinion, he's eight for nine. Because you just throw that one out the books. Shout out Stu Gatz with my personal record book. He's eight and nine. But he was so efficient. Three for three from Beyond the Arc. And in this game, I think you have to admire his leadership. You have to admire the way that he controlled this offense. He talked about post-game telling Isaiah Roby to be aggressive, telling Isaiah Roby to you know, be confident, be aggressive, and to go basically to go get his. Now that's not the words he actually used, but that's basically what he's talking about. Go get yours, Isaiah Roby. You've earned this, you've worked hard for this, you can do this. And you saw Shea in that first. Half, really, but specifically the first quarter. Be passive, if you want to call it that. Really work to get Justin Jackson involved. Really work to get Isaiah Roby involved. And Justin Jackson, and of course, Baisley and Dort as well. Dort has another phenomenal game. But seeing Shea be a facilitator in that first half And evaluate, you could see him working through the problem that he was facing. And what he was facing was, he's getting double-teamed basically the second he comes across half-court. The magic of throwing a double-team at him and seeing how he reacts to it. And he reacted very well. Obviously, cut down the turnovers plays, but that's going to happen. It's his first year as the lead guard of a starting unit and the number one scoring option. And now, the number one scoring option had his two veterans get stripped away from him in this game. So the two safety nets are gone. Your safety nets are now Dort, Jackson, Roby, and Baisley. Not exactly safety nets. Those are all two three-year guys, four-year guys. Shea responded to this magic test with and he passed it with flying colors. He was able to diagnose the double team, not panic, not freak out, shot efficiently, got his teammates involved. Should have had more than seven assists, but that's going to happen, right? Your teammates are not going to knock down every single shot. The seven defensive rebounds were huge. Of course, you love seeing Shea get the rebound so he can start the break. And you just could not have asked for a better start for Shea this year than the one he's having right now. Lou Dort gets you 15 points. He has scored at least 15 points in every single game this season, seven rebounds to go along with it. And from the three-point line, he goes three for eight, which is 37%. And this is the vision that we've seen since May. We've been talking about this on this podcast about how he's a really good free throw shooter, and that's eventually going to turn into him being a good three-point shooter, uh, at least a professional enough three-point shooter to not be a liability. And he's doing that right now before our eyes. After that 0 game in the postseason, I came on this podcast and defended Dort and tried to get everyone to settle down who was calling him the next Andre Robertson who would never result in anything offensively and just be a liability. I tried to calm everyone down after that. And since then, he has scored at least 15 points in every single game, including a 30-point effort and a 26-point effort. I say all that to say this. Lou Dort is becoming, slowly but surely, an average offensive weapon, an above-average offensive weapon. And if you're an above average offensive weapon with his ability to literally take away the best scores in this league, that is a hell of a player. So I'm excited for Lou Dort offensively. I'm excited for Lou Dort in general. We're going to talk about Lou Dort tomorrow. So on tomorrow's episode, we're going to have a preview of the Pelicans game and a Reddit mailbag. But if you want to get involved with that mailbag, not only can you go to reddit.com and then go to the Thunder subreddit and find the thread of me asking for questions. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Ryland_Styles. underscore styles. You can also email the show. L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. And you can also call into the show, 405-362-7128, and hear your question on the air via that voicemail option. So plenty of ways to ask questions for tomorrow's show on Thursday. Once again, this is the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, so we're going to be back on Thursday to preview that Pelicans game, and Friday to recap that Pelicans game. So subscribe to Locked on Thunder wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Be good, and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder.
1: What a perfect ending to a historic day! Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.